Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. It's 106 in Edmonton. Hour number two of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you. The second hour of Oilers Now. Brought to you by our title sponsor Digitex. Digitex has our office printer and supply needs covered. They do it all. They could be doing it all for you right now. In this hour, uh, we'll get a preview of tonight's Eskimo encounter against the Toronto Argos. Uh, back-to-back games. Stoffer calling this one. The Eskimos by 20. That's right. The Eskimos by 20 tonight against the Argos. But Dave Campbell will join us at 135 and will undoubtedly have another ludicrous song for you. Just to upset everybody who didn't like uh, Brendan's choice to open the show today. And Jamie Thomas coming up. He is host and insider for Jets TV. Worked in this market. Worked for Sportsnet for several years. Great guy. Uh, he'll be uh, coming up in about 45 seconds. Tough act to follow after Matt Hendricks had people in stitches in the last segment. You can uh, text us at 630-630 on our West Lockport text line. If you're looking for a new vehicle, go see Paul Olson at Westlock Ford or check out their great selection today at westlockford.com. Worth the drive to get your new ride. We're on Twitter, at Oilers Now. You can tweet me, Bob underscore Stoffer, Brendan at Brendan Ulrich. And uh, we will now head off to the River Creek Resort Casino. Oh, wait a sec here, just a sec. One more thing. At 122 today, oh yeah, how could I forget this? We will give away... A power pack. Power pack number four. The Montreal Canadiens. Tampa Bay Lightning, New York Rangers, and Arizona Coyotes. We will have a trivia question about a player on one of those four teams. So you might want to wait to hear the question, but you get uh, power pack number four. It uh, has a value of, what, roughly uh, $1,400. Uh, two tickets to uh, each pack. Approximate value of $1,380. Um Two original six opponents plus Eastern Conference Power Tampa Bay. Oilers, four, six, and seven game power packs available for the upcoming season start at $299. You can register up to July 15th at 11.59 p.m. at EdmontonOilers.com for advanced access to Oilers power packs. And then uh, the power packs go on sale Friday, July 20th at 10 a.m. All right, without further ado, off to our River Cree Resort Casino hotline, 780-496-0063. The River Cree has... Nazareth and the Little River Band in August, and Steve Earle and the Dukes coming up in September. Jamie Thomas joins us here on Oilers Now. Jamie, how are you? Bob, fantastic. How are you? Good. We just had Matt Hendricks on the show. Uh, And uh, if ever there was a guy who should be playing in what's called the Beauty League in the state of Minnesota, it would be Matt Hendricks. What was it like uh, for you guys in Winnipeg to have him around your room this year? Uh, I think it it was a treat uh, every day. I don't think there's anybody, I don't want to speak for every player in the NHL, but I don't think anybody out there really enjoys hockey or playing the game as much as Matt Hendricks. I think 
there's few guys out there that appreciate the fact that you're playing in the National Hockey League uh, every day and what comes with it more than Matt Hendricks. So, and he was he was more than happy to to spread that around the Jets locker room. I remember Joel Armia, who just recently was traded to the Canadians, come in the room and I'd asked him how he was doing. Eh, nah, I'm all right. And he's like, wait a second, Hendo would kill me if you heard me say that. I'm doing fantastic. So it's just he was just he rubbed off that that way on the guys and. Uh, I think he, he had a very positive impact in his in his short time in Winnipeg. Jamie, it was a such an incredible year for the Jets, and I'm you know mm-hmm. it's funny because it's the tale of two organizations for me. It really was, and it was in Game Three. Winnipeg had started off, uh, you know, Steve Mason got lit up in his first two games. Yeah, uh, the Oilers were the consensus preseason in the Western Conference favorite. A lot of people had Edmonton winning the Stanley Cup. Uh, Jets rolled in on the Thanksgiving uh, Monday. And uh, Connor Hellebuck got his first start of the year. He never looked back. The Jets never looked back. And the Oilers never seemingly appeared to have that same confidence level that people maybe thought uh, they should have as uh, they were anointed the best team in Canada to start the season. Just give me your thought on, uh, uh, was that really the genesis of the uh, of what got the Jets going this year when Hellebuck uh, got in between the pipes and never looked back? I agree with you. Uh, I, I think October might have been, you know, big picture wise, would have been the, the, the big, you know, the starting point for a wonderful season. But the way they had played in the previous two games, especially opening night against Toronto and uh, the Saturday, the following Saturday in Calgary, you know, they, they gave up 13 goals in those two games. And unfortunately, Steve Mason was in net for most of that. And Mason had been brought in to be the quote unquote number one goaltender because, you know, Hellebuck had a tough season the previous year before. But the way he played that night in, in Edmonton, uh, really set the tone for the Jets that they had that goaltender that they've kind of always been looking for in the seven years that they've been here in Winnipeg. And, you know, Andre Pavlik really never answered the bell here uh, in his time. Uh, Mason didn't, although given a very short uh, leash, basically, to, to get it done, didn't get it done either. And then Connor Hellebuck made sure after a, a long off season of uh, changing the way he trained, the way he ate, and the way he thought about things, uh, came in ready to go and uh, was more than happy to take that uh, that uh, number one goaltending position. So I'd have to agree with you. That kind of was a turning point for the Jets because you start the year all in three, uh, then that really gets into a tough spot. Even though I know it's a, you know there's still 79 games to go, but mentally I think that really got them going uh, overall for a very successful season. Uh, Jamie Thomas joining us. He's host and insider for Jets TV. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers now. At what point did you start to believe in this team this year? Uh, you know, the, the, the couple of times when they, they got both Columbus, they had Columbus and Pittsburgh. I know this is really early in the season, but they had Columbus and Pittsburgh twice in the opening month. Uh, and it was a very challenging schedule. And they, they went into Pittsburgh and lost overtime 2-1. And then when Columbus lost the next night 2-1. But they got both those teams. They got Pittsburgh later at the end of the month. They beat them 7-1 on home ice. It was a Sunday night. Uh, Blake Wheeler with a hat trick, and then you could just sense that the confidence was starting to flow, and then they started playing a lot better in November. Uh, just the, the way they were playing on home ice, and the fact that they would never, they did not lose, you know, more than three in a row. So I think about mid-November, early December, I started to really believe what this what this team was capable of because you know everyone knew the Jets were able to score goals. That was never in question with the type of players they had on the roster. But then they finally had that goaltender that could. Uh, if they were, you know, struggling to start a hockey game or were behind early, uh, he would make that next save, and that was in Connor Hellebuck. So to answer your question, I'd say mid-November, early December. All right, so they they get to the playoffs. They're going good. They get Minnesota. Minnesota doesn't have Ryan Suter. Yeah. 
which for me was a, a, a huge difference in that series. I mean, I think Winnipeg wins the series, but maybe we're talking 6-7 six, six. instead of 5, right? So Yeah, yeah. And then Parise got hurt, too, so that kind of cut into a little bit right. uh, in Game 3. So, that, I mean, I think there was no question that Jets were going to win that series against Minnesota, but, you know, they were pretty tentative in that first game on home ice uh, in Game 1 against the, the Wild in Minnesota. They got a 2-1 lead. Then Lonnie tied it up in the in the, the the third period, and Joe Moore went on to score the game-winning goal. That got things rolling. But I think, you know, clearly it would have been a more competitive series if Shooter's in there because of the minutes he eats up and the way he plays and what he what he needs that hockey club. And Parisi being out uh, kind of nipped into a little bit. I don't think Devin Dubnik was brilliant either that much. Right. But that that was just the Jets overwhelmed him so much. I don't think he really put it all on Dubnik's shoulders. He just wasn't there in the beginning period of Game Five where the Jets. You know, one easily, and if he's on his game a little bit, maybe you have a different story. But uh, it, it was clearly shorthanded. But good teams take care of, take put away teams that they they should be better than that's what the Jets did in that opening series. Jamie, full disclosure: I had Nashville to win the cup. Okay, from the middle of the season on. So you know, right. at the start of the year, I thought the Oilers were going to win the Western Conference. But by <laughs> after they got Turris, I thought they were yeah. going to win the cup, and I thought they were going to beat the Jets in round two, and. Mm. It, now, the question I have for you is, do you think that series took too much out of Winnipeg for Vegas, or is that not respecting what Vegas did? Uh, I think it did take something out of them. But I, you know what, Bob, and I know you watched the Western Conference Final, Winnipeg deserved a much better fate yeah. than walking out of Vegas. Game three uh, and game three four. One. Yeah, yeah they, they should have been up 3-1 or e- at least even. So uh, for them to have any energy left over to, to try and go back to Vegas after that game and for game five and against um, the Golden Knights. I think, you know, you go back to what that series was uh, in the second round against Nashville, the late starts. Uh, no one could ever seem to grasp any type of momentum from game to game. It just seems to be a minute to minute, period by period kind of thing. Um, and the Jets, you know, to their credit, go into Nashville win, the, win three games there. Um, that really was a, a storyteller. But listen, that Anybody that walks and tells you that they, that didn't take a big chunk of uh, energy out of the Jets, I think they'd be crazy because it was so it was such an emotionally charged series, and everybody had been waiting for it. Uh, there was no question it was going to go seven, but the way you know Winnipeg wins that game on the road and everything, I think it just took a lot out of them. And when things didn't go their way, it, you know you, you go back a little bit further. Things had always gone the Jets' way for the longest time, especially when they would dominate territorially they always found a way to get a goal and they just couldn't beat Mark Andre Fleury. So it was it was kind of that first time this year that I saw some a goaltender play better than Connor Hellebuck. I'll play Connor Hellebuck and that really was the undoing uh, in the end for the Jets. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, let's talk about a couple things that have occurred in the offseason. The Jets move out Mason. They dump his salary. They yep. include a sweetener to make room uh, to sign Paul Stashney. How disappointed was the organization that uh, they couldn't land Stashney and he ended up playing, uh, signing in Vegas? Uh, I think they'd have to be, they would be lying if they said they weren't disappointed. Um, but, you know, 
Kevin, uh, Kevin Cheveldayoff on July 1st when he came out for his news conference did say if they had somehow managed to find the cap space and the room and the ability to sign Paul Stastny, some major surgery would be required to fit in everybody else. And uh, they still have a lot of work to do after the Connor Hellebuck signing. Uh, so even if Stastny was here, who would you have to give up? You would have to give up Truba. You would have to give up on a Morrissey or something like that where you don't want to do something like that because you're, they're your top two defensive pairing. You would have to make a very difficult decision at that point. So uh, the Jets, you know, were a very good hockey club before Paul Stastny came along. I think they, what he brought was, you know, you can't describe it and you you won't be able to to duplicate it. But they're a pretty good team humming along before that. And uh, I think as an organizationally, they're disappointed, but I think they realize there's still a very good hockey club here without Paul Stastny. All right, so they get the deal done for Halibut. There's there's some similarities between Winnipeg and Edmonton here uh, yeah. a year back, right? There's going to be big expectation on this hockey club. Uh, there, there's some work that needs to be done here as well by general manager Kevin Shoveldayoff, Jamie. Uh, yeah. You mentioned the fact that Truba and Morrissey are restricted free agents. Uh, yeah. I would argue Adam Lowry's probably a really good third line center, and he's a yeah. Res- you don't have to argue much there. He's All right, very good at- right. And they got to get Tanev yeah. signed and Dano signed as well. Those guys are bottom six forwards, but they can both skate. Is he going to have enough room to get all the work done this year? And then, oh, by the way, factor in Patrick Line, Kyle Connor scored 30 goals, Wheeler yeah. being an unrestricted free agent, Myers being an, an unrestricted free agent moving forward. Is something going to give here, do you think? Yeah, somewhere along the line, a tough decision has to be made. And you can even add to the, the, the issue with Patrick Line. Do you let the summer go by don't sign him to an extension, and then he goes out and scores 50, because what is that going to cost you next year? Do you get a better deal financially signing him this summer instead of waiting to see what he's going to do in the offseason or this upcoming season and probably end up having to pay him more? Um, and then the, the Wheeler issue is a big thing, too. Cause, you know, you, I haven't even talked about Kyle Connor yet, and that's the shocking part of where he fits in all this, because you know, if he scores another 30 goals, what does that mean? Right. So there's, there's big issues ahead. I think their main concern right now, though, not to disrespect Liney and Wheeler is Truba and Morrissey because to me those two if they're going to keep both of them are going to be at least between eight and nine million dollars uh, in, in total in, in right. salary right now so I, I don't think you can give up on those two players at all because of what they meant to your team and how good they were this year shutting down the other team's top units and how many minutes they play and how healthy they were well how healthy Josh Morrissey was I think Morrissey's one of the more underrated defensemen in the NHL for sure. I think he brought more to his name and more attention to his game through the postseason because more people are watching the Jets this year. Uh, so I think that's your first focus. And then you, uh, it would be really tough to lose an Adam Lowry. And Brandon Tanev is that, that sandpaper guy that coaches just love, especially Paul Maurice. Uh, he will block a shot with his face. He's one of those two guys, like Matt Hendricks, who will do anything to make sure the puck doesn't get through. So uh, I don't think he'll be that expensive. And then Marco Dano's kind of been... Was on the outside looking in, and I'm sure what their fans remember when he came in on uh, New Year's Eve and hasn't played in 30 games and scores a goal from an assist from Matt Hendrick. So, uh, good player, just didn't fit in because of all the guys in front of him. So, to first first priority has to be true by Morrissey, and then you kind of see what you have to work with from there. But the Jets have been very good at signing these underhanded deals. You know, we can just look at Mark Scheifele's contract, we can look at Nikolai Ehlers' contract. And you just hope, if you're a Jets fan, that they find a way to do the same thing with all these players that take care of. Yeah, Shifley's obviously a terrific player. Jamie, I'm going to leave you with this here. I mean, a year yeah. ago at this time, 
And maybe the deal was already done at some We know the deal was done for both uh, Shovel Day Off and Paul Maurice at some point in July and August. It wasn't announced until we were in Penticton in September. But you contrast that, you know, a year ago at this time, uh, Todd McClellan was up for GM of the year, or coach of the year. Peter Shrelly yeah. was up for GM of the year. The Oilers were the consensus, uh, you know, popular pick out West. There was a lot of criticism uh, around the league on the fact that the Winnipeg guys got extensions. It's not that they were still mm-hmm. the guys, but that they got extensions. And it just shows you how fluid situations are in the NHL, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And, I, and I mean, you're, it's rare to find an ownership group that's going to, allow uh you know one general manager kind of like a seven-year plan here and i'm sure on the outset it wasn't hey we're gonna take seven years to fill this but uh it was smart Shipman and the ownership group saying after they made the playoffs in 2015 you know what uh kevin shoveldale saying this is not enough we can't we don't have the horses so we're gonna take another step back and build this again and uh for for ownership to say yes to that is it was so huge for shoveldale and then paul maurice and now you kind of see the fruits of their labor if it, I don't see them taking a step back. It's going to be harder to get where they were because I think the Central's uh, improving. Um, St. Louis is not taking any steps backward, no question about that. Chicago cleared up a lot of cap space, and uh, they'll always be an issue. And then, then there's Nashville, and then there's Dallas, and I can go down the list, and Colorado's an up-and-coming team. So it, they're going to be good, but the Central, I think, is going to be even more competitive than it was a year ago, and that's, that's really tough to say. Jamie, let's do this uh, again uh, maybe once every couple of months. If you're up for it, does that work? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all in, Bob, of course. I'm more than happy to come on the show. Thanks for your time, Jamie. Have a terrific summer. Okay. Hey, yeah, you guys too. Enjoy your time. You bet. That's Jamie Thomas from Jets TV. All righty. Uh, here it is. It's 122 in Edmonton. When we come back, we are going to give away power pack number four. Approximate value, about 1400 bucks. Includes games against the Montreal Canadiens, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the New York Rangers, and the Arizona Coyotes. Two original six opponents plus Eastern Conference power, Tampa Bay Lightning. Okay? The Oilers have four, six, and seven-game power packs available for the upcoming season starting at $299. Can register up to July 15th at 11.59 p.m. at EdmontonOilers.com to sign up for advanced access to this year's Power Packs to publicly go on sale Friday, July uh, 20th. Again, visit EdmontonOilers.com. This is not going to be an easy trivia question. So you probably should have waited because all the lines are already full. Okay? But it's a trivia question involving one of the four teams that I listed. So either Arizona, The Montreal Canadiens, that'd be too easy if we did something with Montreal. The Tampa Bay Lightning, hmm, that might make some sense. Or the New York Rangers back with our uh, trivia question for the Power Pack when we return. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, Pro-Am Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Ched.
126 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Oilers now up for grabs. Power pack number four. Two tickets to each of the following four games. Arizona preseason game. Then the Montreal Canadiens. The Eastern Conference favorite, Tampa Bay Lightning. And the New York Rangers. Again, uh, Oilers 4 and 6 and 7 game power packs available for the upcoming season at $299. You can uh, register online to get advanced access to Oilers power packs at edmontonoilers.com until uh, July 15th at 11.59 uh, p.m. And they go on sale on the 20th at 10 a.m. It is my belief that this power pack will sell out first. So it's got to be a trivia question involving one of the four teams. We're not going to do Montreal. It's too many Canadians fans out there. We'll pass on the Rangers. Won't ask anything about Arizona. It involves the Tampa Bay Lightning. Name the former owner of the Tampa Bay Lightning who played in the WHL and whose production company has produced the Saw film series and the CBS television series Two and a Half Men. The former owner of the Tampa Bay Lightning who's been heavily involved in movies and TV with the Saw series and Two and a Half Men. He is the former majority owner, CEO, and governor of the Tampa Bay Lightning. And in fact, his ownership of the team was approved the exact same day that Daryl Cates's was back in 2008. He subsequently, uh, he and his partner ended up selling the team a few years later. His partner's son, is an excellent right-shot defenseman with the Colorado Avalanche. I've given you enough hints. This guy played in the Western Hockey League, as did his partner back in the day. Uh, this guy's a beauty. That's all I'm going to tell you. It's it's the all-beauty day. Jamie Thomas, one of the easiest guys in the world to, to work with. Matt Hendricks, who's a beauty. And this guy is an owner. was <laughs> a beauty as well. Is a beauty. All right. Uh, 128 at Edmonton off to a global news. I have a feeling this is not going to be... Do we have we've already got a winner? Somebody already got this, Brendan? Wow. Wow. I thought this would take us 20 or 25 calls. We how long like fourth question like second guy How many people did you go to? That was the first guy. I told you earlier. You would take right after you read the question, I was going to take the first go, person that popped so, up on the screen. And so we've got our winner? Yeah, Mohammed. Well done, Mohammed. Excellent work by you. Oren Coolis is the man we were looking for, the former owner of the Tampa Bay uh, Lightning, produced the Saw series and Two and a Half Men, and uh, he was partnered at that time with Len Berry. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, back with Dave Campbell, Eskimos radio analyst, when we return on Oilers Now.